M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. If a girl looks like me, I'll go for her. I mean, come on. You've got to respect that. <laughs> this is m For me, it was just blank rejection, no sex. <laughs> I don't think parents congratulate kids when they come out every time. I know I will if that happens here. <laughs> That's your dream job. Sit at home with a microphone. Judging hot people. <laughs> You're in m Hello, friends. How are you? Um, thank you for being here. Welcome to m uh, we've had a lot of feedback about Tuesday's episode, specifically mine and Scott's session. Some of you said it felt like a window into your soul. Uh, others were just intrigued to hear the dy- dynamics of uh, my husband and I. I know our marriage does remain a mystery to a lot of people because we do appear to be polar opposites. And no, that is the truth. But if we were able to help in some way, or you... um hyper-emotionals out there on feeling me and all you hyper-rationals out there were feeling Scott. But that's okay, you know. Opposites attract. And then you know how the things that you're attracted to initially, early days are the things that drive you crazy later on. Now, uh, look, obviously I've got some pretty big news. And if you follow me on social media, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't follow me on social media... You guys are missing out. I mean, I basically run my own reality TV show off of Instagram stories. <laughs> no one asked me to. I just do it. So I was, I don't know, I was talking to my touring company early last week and they started throwing around dates for live shows for me for next year, as in 2021. And it's only June in 2020. And I think it finally hit me that I will not be on stage in front of you with a giant penis or a giant vagina. And I'm not going to put that in context if you've never seen me live until like next year. And I've, I've been really pushing down my worry over that. And it's been kind of gnawing at me. And I am, um, I kind of felt like I'd lost control over my career and the way I earn money because. You guys obviously know, if you know, I did breakfast radio twice and I've done some TV work and I do some corporate work, but that's me relying on other people to give me work. And and I kind of made a promise to myself, especially when I left the last breakfast radio job, that I would never be at the mercy of people deciding if I'm the right fit for a show or project ever again, that I would never accept being told to be a lesser version of myself to make someone else happy. So, you know, I, that's why I went in and I wrote my shows and I, and I found you guys, you know. I found a, a community of people who see me and still like me even though they see me. I have been relying at the moment on, you know, other people. And I, I was at the project last week and one of the producers who worked in radio as well, we were talking about a certain content director who once interviewed me to work at his station And when I sat down in the conference room, the first thing he said to me was, we only care about what you think and say if you have a cock and balls. That is true. I mean, the way I said it probably wasn't accurate, but, you know, but it turns out that I wasn't the only person he said that to. Apparently he used to like announce that in team meetings. I mean, what a peach, what a team building exercise. So, yeah, I I spent a lot of my career trying to contort myself and and change the way I am to suit other people. So that's why live touring and live shows mean so much to me. But when corona hit, obviously that's no longer an option and it's not an option for this foreseeable future. And so I've had to pivot and I've been using that word a lot 
And isn't that the word of the year? Social distancing, and there's a new one, cancel culture, but pivots there too. I've done hoodies. I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing all sorts of things. I needed to figure out a way to do what I do, which is singing and doing comedy, without causing a mass outbreak because no one wants a side of corona with their savvy bee after seeing a packed show at a theatre. So Lucy, my right-hand woman, has found a way for me to do it. And you guys know I talked about it on uh, last episode, but I'm mentioning it now because tickets are officially on sale for my live In Your Lounge Room show on the 26th of June. I've got a studio, I've got a camera crew, I've got lights, I've got a sound person, I've got my band, I've got my dad, a small studio audience, and all I need now is you. Make a night of it, theme dress, wear your PJs, wear a statement earring, whatever. There's going to be singing and jokes and stories and I'm so looking forward to being able to be on stage again and just, you know, professionally show off. When the tickets went on sale yesterday, I felt back in control again and I realised that I was letting life happen to me instead of doing what I usually do and that's like, you know, bossing life into doing what I want. So you can't watch the show if you don't have a ticket. This is not free. This is not free because it's my job <laughs> and it's always weird to talk about money and it's always weird to kind of bring it up. And But you guys know, I mean, we've got a relationship now where I can tell you this is what I do. And, yes, I love it, but it's also how I pay my mortgage. And um, it's through a protected stream. Crowdcast, I know it's scary for you guys. I know it's a new thing. No one's really using it yet. And I'm one of the first, which I love, but it's totally safe for your credit card. Everything's protected. You you get a protected stream. So unless you've paid, you cannot watch my live show. It's legit and safe. Do not be afraid. And the tickets are only 10 bucks, dude. 10 bucks. And you can get them at my website, mraciano.com. I'm not touring this year. So if you normally come to a live show that I put on, this is it. All right. Probably enough self-whoring now. No, don't call it that. Scott always yells at me for calling it self-whoring. He's like, no, you are offering something of value to people. He was mad at me for only charging 10. And I was like, all right, calm down, Trump. Uh, look, Michael is joining us next. And, um, you know, I don't actually know what we're going to talk about yet, which is always fun. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we'll see. I'm just being told all the tickets. I had 30 tickets available t- to watch this show and they went in one minute. God, I love you guys. All right, get your ticket, mraciano.com. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, moving on. Michael Lucas, next, play the music. M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation. Okay, here he is. He's just complained. He's been up since four, you know, because I wouldn't know what that feels like. <laughs> I just want everyone to know, in this podcast, I am own tired. Like, no one is ever allowed to say tired. Just so you know that, Michael, before you tell me why you've been up since four. Just because you're sitting on a solid 18 months of completely <laughs> minimal sleep. But you've acclimatised. I'm not even going to go with that argument. Withdrawing. Beep, beep. <laughs> Sorry. The beeps. Why have you been up since four? I don't care, but tell me anyway. I'm back in the bedlam of work and my body just can't adjust with like dealing with more than, you know, three people a day, which is what I've been dealing with on average during ISO. And now just emails and phone calls. And I've just got that thing. I'm just not used to it. I'm overwhelmed. And then, and then, and then the lights go out and I'm lying there in bed or I wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden I'm replaying thinking, was I a dickhead in that conversation? Was oh. I, did they, were they, I've got that chronically because I think I've just forgotten what it's like to deal with multiple people every single day. I have that nightly. <laughs> Are you saying that this is a new phenomenon for you? No, 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 no. I've had it. I've had it before. But I think the triggers for this, like really, 
nothing's gone wrong in the day. It's just, it's, 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 I am like the person that has come out of the isolation chamber and just can't interact with people now. You've got the bends. You've been deep sea diving and you've come up. No, but I have the, was I the dickhead? Am I the dickheads every night? So, yeah, I, no, like, I, I, I get that. that. All it's the a time. constant thought. Track. Oh my god! But like, what do you mean you're still working from home? I don't understand. I, yeah, I know, but I think in some ways that weirdly makes it worse because you know how like when you're face to face, I don't know, it feels like you can read people better and sort out things better, and and but when things are conducted all via email and Zoom, <laughs> there's just more scope for you to say, "Am I?" You just can't read people well enough. And And then you start tone policing. I get called the tone police in my house all the time. I don't like your tone. Is that a tone? (laughs) What tone are you taking with me? Like my kids and my husband know very well that they have to really think about how they're going to pitch a sentence, not what the words are, how the words sound. (laughs) Well, fair enough. (laughs) They can really bring you down. And I can hear a tone. Between through four brick walls. So I might walk out of a room and Marcella might say, all right, can you? And I will hear that tone (laughs) from 50 (laughs) metres down the other end of the house and I'll race back in there. What did you say? And she's like, how did you hear that? Like, I'm a tone police, mate. (laughs) You're like, I felt every inch of dismissiveness (laughs) and contempt. (laughs) I'm getting a lot of that from my 13-year-old. Not so much tell. I tell her and I'm busy buddy. Odie's really shifted hard into teenage gear. And I was the same with my mum, like, because Chella and I are like have been best friends since she was born, and we she never went through the teenage phase. She kind of soared into middle aged woman at about ten. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. I I also soared into middle aged woman at ten. Oh, uh, I I had some teen times, and Odie's, oh yeah, you yeah, did. yeah. Odie's having some real teen times, you know, like I <laughs> she's like TikToking and always on the TikTok and learning everything from TikTok, and um, she's always in her room and she'll come down with like a full face of makeup on just because she's doing a tutorial for herself. She never puts them anywhere or like she wanted to show a friend something and she'll get home from school at four and then she'll go up to her area, her nook, her little art studio, and I won't see her again for the night. So oh. I'll walk out and go, hey, going up there? And she's like, fine. And she's been watching a lot of Vampire Diaries. She's right. really retreating into vampire world and we have that in common. But she doesn't want to talk to me about vampire sexy shows. Oh, I try and bring hurt. it up. Yeah. It's, it's one thing for her to be captured by some sort of new technology or strange new genre that you didn't know, but for her to be digging on the kind of stuff that is in your wheelhouse and not wanting to share it, I'm sorry. Do you think she'll come? I mean, she'll come back, won't she? Yes. Like, she was such she'll a come good. I mean, she is she's still the funniest person in my life. She's so hilarious. She's so cutting and dark, but then also cheery, but she just doesn't want a bar of me and so I'm overextending and oh god. Trying to win her back. Stop me. And Chella watches me go through the spiral. So I'll first of all I'll get mad at her and then I'll go and buy her something to try and win her love and then I'll ignore it. And then like I'll come back and say, Oh, you gotta clean your room and then I'll help her clean it. Like I'm in a real shame spiral with my 13-year-old. Then <laughs> you'll have an irrational explosion about tone in her voice. Yes, I do. Oh my god, you're in my house. Um now we do have to talk about the fact it was your wedding anniversary. Oh yeah, yes. I mean I wouldn't say we we celebrated in spectacular style. But I know two years and Jesus Christ, a, really a lot of things. Like it's not like I'm going to look back and say no curveballs thrown your way in those two years. 
2018 to 2020. Jesus, oh who knew what who was around knew? the corner? God, I I was newly pregnant at your wedding. No one knew. You knew. That was it because you knew before. Uh, as soon as I weed on the stick. Like, yes. You were the first person who found out I was having a baby. Was I? I came out and I tried to call you multiple times and you didn't answer. I was like, oh, mm. all right, mate. So I, so I took a picture of the positive test result and texted it to you and got a text message straight back, I'm in a meeting. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I would have thought Scott would have been, would have got that same thing, but no, 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 I'm, I'm nah. down with it. No, nah, because I needed a positive response. Because <laughs> <laughs> Scott is a very calm, planned person and something like a, like a pregnancy he he does he likes to take it in and Scott's not someone who will go oh my god that's amazing this is so exciting he's not me so uh, what I needed in that moment is someone who was like me to go oh my god and you gave me exactly what I wanted <laughs> I still remember at Elio's birth uh, there was huge controversy that day because I had <laughs> conjunctivitis <gasps> pink eye is that what conjunctivitis isn't pink eye a separate thing isn't pink eye poo in your eye Yes, and I don't think conjunctivitis is that necessarily. Uh, anyway, yeah, okay. Well, still under contention. But I, yeah. I, it was terrible. We we're in January, and and M's due date's approaching, and you got this uh, eye infection. I was VIP pass straight in. Yeah, Michael, Michael was going to be in in the opera, like seeing the baby born and being a part of it all, and then. Each day I'm requiring f- selfies from you, photos of your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting worse and worse. I and know. I'm like, oh, my God, you're going to miss the birth of my child because you can't wash your hands after you do a poo. <laughs> <laughs> At the time you blamed my workload. Yeah. You were saying, it's you always work too much you and do. then your immune system goes down. Yep. And you put, I don't know that that stacks up because we just come off the summer break. So I really you, don't think it was No, <laughs> you worked all through that. You know you did. And you have the immune system of a cobweb in a hurricane. Like seriously, <laughs> that is the strength of it. It is terrible. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't get Rona. I cannot believe that you didn't get coronavirus, to be honest. Well, I had a moment where I thought that I did have it, remember? Oh, didn't we all? Every time I sniffed, oh, my God, it's Rona. Oh, my God. That's right, I'm going to get a test. <laughs> but speaking of Scott's chillness as opposed to my, you know, flappy-armed excitement, yeah. I do remember, like, because I was there with your mum and yeah. the girls, like, waiting waiting for the news, and then finally Scott emerged and beaming, like, beaming with yeah, love. He, so he just sort of was, like, quiet for a minute and goes, yeah, this is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when he realised it was because that's how long it takes him. He's, like, it took him <laughs> nine months to kind of go, oh, yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> I think it took him about 19 years to say that about me. I think he's still just going, oh, it might work out. We'll see how we go. Your wedding anniversary, well, I, I was out with you Friday night and with Adrian, your husband, and he felt a little let down by your lack of acknowledgement. Um, I know. Last, because first year anniversary I did, I booked like months and months and months in advance to, mm. we went to Vieux de Monde. I mean, I went to I the. I know. You really yeah. peaked. This year. <laughs> I, I just we got caught up in the lockdown and Rona and I uh, and then and then to compound matters worse another friend and I made arrangements for the Saturday dinner which Adrian was involved with but it was only afterwards that I was like oh that's how and how am I going to spin this oh mate uh, yeah that was, that was bad. Like- but he cooked a lovely meal last <laughs> You'll notice I didn't relentlessly text you. Normally we have a relentless text conversation. I thought I'm going to let them have their little anniversary, oh, which is nice. <laughs> and then you put a photo up that didn't include me. And quite frankly. Uh, no, uh, well, this is this is another sin because, because weirdly we had a professional photographer at the wedding, but because 
I don't know what was going on. You were on stage and because they were photographing us, we've got weirdly not that many pictures of him at the wedding. It's terrible. Her dress was amazing. We've got one really great one of the two of us, but Scott took that. Or yeah, Chella took that. Yeah, no, Chella took it. And a lot of, you know, the Amsolation people realised, like, where were you and Michael's wedding pictures? Wasn't it your <laughs> wedding as well? I'm like, yes, it was my wedding as well. It was my wedding. And Adrian had to accept that when he agreed to marry you, you know? He's also marrying me, as my husband has to accept. But what I want to do, um, touch on, and you're like, we can't talk about this, we can't talk about it, we're bloody talking about it. Um, you put a photo up, as we were discussing, that I'm not mm. and a certain person liked it. Who yep. who liked it? Jock, Lonfrello. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's like, no, no, no. What if he somehow listens to this and like he, he's, it's not cool. It's not cool. I'm like, we are not cool. Do you yep. forget high school entirely? Do you forget that entire exchange you had with Claudia Carvin that we will be talking about eventually one time? <laughs> we are not cool about these things. Well, so. here's what I can tell you about. Look, the information that I have is that he liked my post. I did take a note at the time. It was 9.04. So I put the post up last night. It was his morning, I would say, going through Instagram. He stopped shooting, I think, MasterChef now. So I'm presuming he's in Adelaide at home. And obviously there's a level of, I mean, you know, deliriously happy in my marriage, but it did occur to me, oh, he knows I'm very much coupled now. So oh, probably, yeah, that was it. Now I mean, you've that, chance. Yeah. that and his heterosexuality probably means it's not wife. a hot skip. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. And his kids. You're rubbing it in now. <laughs> I love that for a brief moment, you're like, oh, damn it, he knows I'm not single. Like, <laughs> I, I love I, that you know. <laughs> I do not think. I'm going to be able to leverage a like on a post into any kind of relationship with Doc Zonfrillo unless he's open to that. No, I'm kidding. What's this text message I received with Pinterest board for Jock and Michael's potential? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. You did text me. Oh, my God, you're going to kill me. And you did liken Jock's waistcoat to Connell's chain. <laughs> yeah, well, I... <laughs> Everyone was obsessed with Connell's chain from normal people. It's got its own Instagram Instagram account. account. Mm. But for me, Jock, when he, like sometimes Jock goes the jacket, but then I've really thought about this too much. But then some other times I imagine when the weather's slightly warmer, just when he wants a different look, he goes the vest and the vest always has a chain. I may have replicated it once before. Anyway, um, it's a a pointless chain. It might be, I don't know whether it was with a fob watch or I don't know what it is. But anyway, (laughs) what is the hotter chain? And and, um, I I was with Connell. All the way, but in recent months, I just yeah, Jock's little fog watch. Anyway, it's getting weird. It's, it's getting weird. I'm really just letting you go. I'm just watching you spiral. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but I think what I I think anniversaries in isolation. It's like I feel like ah, oh, fine. What's the point? I might change my undies for you today. Like marriages <laughs> that survive isolation. I just feel like. Oh. We deserve some kind of bloody parade. We do. I, I am claiming it. I don't think that there's been another point in history where the married unit has been tested by such an extraordinary oh, <laughs> kind of event of being locked down together. And we've, for those of who have survived it, and I realise people have been lost along the way, but for those who have, mm. I'm for the rest of our lives we're going to be able to claim this. We're going to be able to, like, people, future generations will come up to us and mo- complain about little things in their relationships and we'll go, mate. Look, you wouldn't survive, though, so you really wouldn't have. Let me tell you, back in the day. Oh, my God. Three months. (laughs) It's just, and I 
I've really been pushing it in the house lately. Like I just, and I even said, I, you know, when you suggest outings, do you suggest outings for Adrian yet? Do you like, I, I say things like, why don't you go and go for a leg of walk? Or why don't you go for a haircut? You need a haircut. You should, <laughs> you should go get a haircut today. So he is. <laughs> oh, do you want to go get a You never any encouragement. Why don't you just say go for a ride? And then he'll, I know. Be up, he'll yeah. just casually go down to Torquay and back. <laughs> No, he's got his bloody Gaines cave. So he's got this indoor cycling thing set up in the baby's old nursery, by the way. Don't worry, the baby's just sleeping in the bed on my neck, headbutting me at night. It's a great setup. <laughs> oh. And like, and like, I'll just hear the door close and then you'll hear the and then you'll hear him like doing the spitting thing. And he's just in there with no top on and his Nick's riding on a roller and he has the Tour de France on a screen in front of him like he's a rider in the Tour de France. And then <laughs> So he's not leaving the house because he's set up an indoor cycling situation. Oh. I'm like, just go. Ride for da- <laughs> Pack a swag. I'll see you in a week. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, there used to be a time where I would count down the seconds till he got home from work, early, early days. You know, I'd, I'd say, mm. oh, call me when you're leaving so I can start cooking dinner and and make sure the house smelled nice. And Scott really loves eucalyptus, so I'd put some eucalyptus oil on to burn and everything would be clean. And, like, I just was thinking about those days and now it's just like, oh, my God, get out. No, we haven't We haven't had a similar thing. I haven't been expelling him from the dwelling. Our biggest weird tension is what are we going to watch on TV tonight? And thank God we're united by MasterChef. But when, once we get past that sort of 8.45 oh, yeah. slot and we have to pick a drama, the negotiations start early. Same. We both have our preferences. And Adrian's a weirdo. He likes like credible art house kind uh-huh. of everything has a message and a meaning and it's correct and and he we likes just to watch, watch an auteur work on the Criterion channel. Whereas oh, yeah. God, we just want like Bet Midler and <laughs> Camp and what trashy trash can we take in tonight? I know it's the same as Scott and I. Scott watches, you know, proper movies and I'm like, oh, can I choose tonight? I'm trying to but make when you find something that you both love, it's, oh, it's oh, electrifying. It's yeah, we've so got great. Rami on Stan. As oh, our- you've got Rami. You've got a couple yeah. show. Oh, our couple show is The Last Kingdom, Violent Vikings. I think that says a lot for both of our relationships. Uh, that, it absolutely does not surprise me that you're into that. I'm impressed that Scott has got there. Yes, I mean, there's Scott no genre it. you like more than the incredibly buffed, long-haired, savage warrior. Thank you. It's true. And people are surprised when they hear that that is my favourite genre, is violent Vikings. For some reason, I can suspend all of my morals when I watch these hard-bodied, plaited, tattooed men battle it out on the scene. <laughs> I think that, that anyone who has listened to multiple episodes of this podcast will know <laughs> that when it comes to hard-bodied men, it, yes, all your morals and ethics can be oh, very rapidly suspended. By the way, trending number one on Netflix now, so... We've really taken 365 Denny to new heights. And if that person, if Massimo is not sending me a personal DM, I don't even know what's right in the world anymore. You talk about your second jock. Now, when you look in my suggested Instagram posts, it's just a hundred different accounts dedicated to him. Instagram has totally tapped into what I've been searching over the <laughs> No one can access your Instagram search history, right? How do you delete that? I can't figure out. I've been trying to Google how do you delete your Instagram search history. You can't. I know. It, it, is it more responsive now on the algorithms? Because like you, I checked out some Massimo um, <laughs> Instagram things and I've had the same thing, just yeah. everything. Everything yeah. is Massimo. I know. Oh, my God, 365, Denny. I'm going to have to watch it again. Marcella's yeah, refusing. Probably. She won't watch it. 
She says it's rubbish. I'm like, this from the person who watches Gilmore Girls every day, uh, but, but, you know, now she's got a standard. She won't watch it. Can't get her oh, to do look, it. I have to, I'm probably with her on that one. I do think oh. Gilmore Girls is a cut above. <laughs> cut above. <laughs> I mean, we are watching it with great levels of irony, but <laughs> nah, I think it's probably good. I think in time, in, in future decades, we'll look back on this and when it's good that she drew a line at some point. <laughs> When we hit our logical endpoint of just watching terrible, shitty B movies on the couch, and she has an actual life, I think I think it's good that her path diverges from us. Look, I just want to say to you, if there isn't a kidnap plotline in Five Bedrooms, some sexy kidnapping, <laughs> I'll be very upset. The people have spoken; they want sexy kidnapping <laughs> scenarios. All right. And yachts. Can Channel 10 afford a yacht? Can someone find out? Can we move the whole show to a yacht with five bedrooms? You know, that would be a good concept for one of the series. But don't they get could buy it a boat together. Oh, my God, they could buy a boat. It will be called Five Cabins. Yes. Coronavirus hits. They've decided they want to wait out the virus in the high seas. So they all buy a boat together and they pick up hot pirates. This thing writes itself. <laughs> I can't believe you won't let me in your plotting room. Like, honestly, for me, that was just, that was a great audition. You can invoice me later. (laughs) All right. You better go. I know you've got work to do. Um, Good. We didn't know what was going to happen and just a normal conversation happens. So sexy pirates. Um, (laughs) People are asking if you can come to my live show, but um, we are under very strict numbers for the live show. So I'll have to see if I can get a spot. Oh, what do you mean? But hang on, I can what? Hang on, what What do you mean? Is a viewer asking if you can kind of like pop on the camera and say hi to everyone, like, you know, together uh-huh. with me live from the studio that we're shooting it from. But I have um, seen some weird things when people, when there has been video of me, <laughs> some comments that are like, oh, that's what he looks like. I imagined him being much smaller. <laughs> what? <laughs> you do have a delicate voice. Uh, I, like you do have. I don't have the Massimo. No, you have a melodic voice. Like if someone <laughs> was to say to me, "This is a woman in her sixties," I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> <I love you. laughs> all right, go. I'm On that spiraling. Note. I'm spiraling. <laughs> okay, all right. Goodbye. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. This is Emsolation. All right, well, as another Emsolation episode draws to a close, I wanted to let you know about a fantastic organisation called Deadly Connections. Now, you know, each week I want to highlight an organisation that supports and uplifts Indigenous Australians. Last week we did Sisters Inside and this week Deadly Connections. Uh, This is from their website. As an Aboriginal-led organisation, our roots lie within the communities we work with. With a lifetime of lived experience in Aboriginal communities, we understand the challenges our people face. We provide the right type of support when needed. We place culture, healing, true lived experience, deep community connections and self-determination at the centre of all we do. We embody and embed holistic, community-based, decolonising approaches to connecting First Nations people to their cultural, inner and community strength. We advocate and collaborate to improve justice and child protection systems. Now, this is a great organisation, you guys, because it's run by and for Indigenous Australians because our Indigenous community knows themselves best and they know what needs to happen within their community. And I think this is such a worthwhile organisation for you guys to get behind. So if you'd like to donate or help out in other ways, there's lots of suggestions on their amazing website. It's deadlyconnections.org.au. 
All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for dropping by. And, um, yeah, I'll talk to you. I've got a very special episode coming out next week. There's going to be a bonus emsolation conversation with a favourite. Um, she's a big deal. She's got a lot of followers and she's agreed to be a guest on the show. So it's going to be wild. Uh, I'm looking forward to you guys hearing that. But otherwise, have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.